welcome back to Talking to Humans. This is Vicki Demert. I am doing a special edition with Darcy Wilcoxon. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Good to see you again. It's always fun Good to, to be back. Yeah. Um, last time we talked about negotiating needs, disappointment, um, parenting, and this time I wanted to focus on trauma. Trauma, it's a big word. It is a big word, and I feel like it's a word that gets, uh, I don't know, hesitation or resistance. So um, maybe we could start out and you could just give a definition or explanation for, for trauma and why would we even talk about it? Why would we have a discussion about it? Yeah, well, trauma is a big word. It's a big word in just that what we think of it and everyone's going to have kind of a different idea in their mind of what that looks like. And um, we, our brain, at least um, probably uh, several years ago, I would have probably taken that and, you know, had a very narrow definition of what that means. So abuse, neglect, some sort of horrific car accident. Mm -hmm you know, or natural disaster. Um, and that would have been the, okay, if you don't fit into that category, then you can't yeah, classify kind of a, it. A major sort major of event. event. Yeah. Or even, even if it was an ongoing event that was significant, yeah. like abuse or neglect, those tend to be ongoing. Yeah. We, um, usually we'll say about those types of ongoing events as uh, complex um, developmental Mm. trauma because it goes on and on. Um, So especially if it started in childhood. Yeah. Yeah. That complex. Mm -hmm. Um, But trauma really is just, I mean, I I haven't looked up the actual definition. I probably should have. Um, But something that was broken or trust that was broken um, in some way we are all born with the capacity and kind of this innate, I trust you. Yes. And we, mm-hmm. it's because we don't have a choice. When we're born, we can't do anything. Yeah. So we have to trust that our caregiver, our parent, whatever that looks like, will provide our, for our needs. Um, but in some ways that gets broken. Yeah. Um, and it can get broken um, during pregnancy. So in utero, that can be broken with stress. Um, if the, the, um, the mom is, that's pregnant is, is stressed or if she's experiencing, um, some sort of abuse or, um, a high anxiety for whatever reason, um, that is stressful on the pregnancy is stressful on the baby, um, uh, a difficult birth. Um, and that can look like, you know, that kind of loss of oxygen or, there's just so many ways that that can be difficult. The birth can be difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, that can break. Uh, it's an experience that the infant has that even as adults, if we know that they will survive, that they are fine, that they are being yeah. cared for. Yes. The yep. experience that that child has that has no uh, concept of what where the next moment is coming from. They yeah. just don't have words for that. They don't have the... Um, but their bodies experience it and the bodies hold on to those experiences. And so then of course, then, um, anything after the the pregnancy as well, we, um, life-saving 
interventions if they yeah. needed any kind of life-saving intervention that can be um, traumatic for yeah. a, a child. And um, so one thing I want to, like as you're talking, I'm thinking, um, so we're not saying that, that the mama who's, who's pregnant, if she experiences stress, she's like at fault. Oh, right. Right. This is just... There's, this is like just life. Like, some of these no fault. Yeah. Like I, I was, I'm a twin. And when we were born, um, I was significantly less weight than my, my twin sister. Mm-hmm. And I was blue and I had to be in an incubator for days. And um, they, I remember, well, I don't remember. I was told. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they. I they, was going to be really impressed with you right yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> they told my mom, um. Like the next day, like Vicky made it through the night, and but she she wasn't even aware that there was a possibility that I wouldn't have made it through, you know. So right, but I was. It was very. That's not something I remember. Um, but my body experienced this. Um, not not having enough oxygen, like for whatever reason, my sister took all the nutrients. And, yeah, yeah. And, um, and some of that plays out differently, even though we wouldn't necessarily know to go back and be like, oh, this is like a one-to-one correlation. Right, right. Um, and to be, I had that experience, and I'm a functioning adult in society. Not that there hasn't been problems that I needed help to work through. But right. I think that's true of everybody. Yeah, um, well, sin broke the world. Yes. And... So in that sense, we could classify that as a trauma. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we broke trust with our creator. Yeah. And so that relationship is not the same. Yeah. And um, and so we needed Jesus to come in and restore that. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And so he did. He came into yeah. the world and, and did what he needed to do to restore that. But so there's just all these things that through no fault, through sin and brokenness happen um, to us that are traumatic. Yeah. So, so it could be a result of trauma could happen as a result directly from sin, like abuse. Yep. Right. Somebody is actively sinned against oppressing. It could be something with birth. It could be a a car accident, icy road, right? It's whatever, anything. Yep. And for children, um, divorce is yeah. also a trauma in yeah. that they had this um, relationship with parents that um, even though that relate that the relationship that was broken, um, we think didn't involve the child and through no fault of the child, yeah. um, it was their world yes. and it fell apart. Yep. Yeah. And so that is also something that we consider as um, a trauma. Yeah. Um, and we also have, um, sometimes we'll say this, we'll say um, big T trauma, mm-hmm. abuse, neglect, um, some of those really a uh, lot more significant, yeah. long or longer lasting or more impactful situations. But we also um, talk about little T traumas mm-hmm. and... Um, so if, um, let's, I'll just think of an example. If every time you got into the tub, you slipped. Yeah. And you didn't go unconscious. You didn't get a concussion. I mean, just every time you got into the tub, you slipped. Yeah. Well, 
you're really going to be, you're going to come to the point where you're fearful of getting into the tub. Yeah. Because you, every time you've done it, it's been a bad experience. Yeah. And so that would be more of a little T that kind of compounds that makes, gives you more anxiety or more fear of that event. Yeah. And so sometimes that happens in relationships, especially kids go to school and they have maybe several disappointing relationships. Yeah. And so it makes them fearful of making friends. Yeah. Um, And then now add, if they can't verbalize it, Mm -hmm. right? Because even sometimes adults have difficulty verbalizing and putting words to um, what they've experienced or even making the connection um, of that, like uh, getting into the bathtub. Like, I don't know, I'm just... I just don't like bathtubs. And, and, you know, like we haven't actually been like, well, it's because, you know, for some reason I always slip. Like maybe, maybe we'll be able to make a connection like that. Um, but the, so the little T's, like may, they may not affect our, the functioning of our day. Yeah. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't, depending on. Um, but we're able to go and function and be in relationships. Um, yeah, and which makes – which makes moving around in the world more difficult when things happen that we haven't made connections to. Yeah. And we can't verbalize them. Yeah. Or we verbalize them to the best of our ability and um, the person who's supposed to, our caregiver or parents, um, don't have the capacity to respond in a way that was helpful. Yeah. And that could be for multiple reasons. Like maybe oh sure they they don't know and they're doing the best they have with what they know, or maybe it's they're sick or they're, um, so then the person that's supposed to protect us, um, and for whatever reason becomes the person that doesn't yeah or or they don't meet the need or, um, it's minimized, um, and so there's trust that's broken yeah. It's all that when the trust is broken, that's when we all then figure out a way to move forward on our own. And sometimes the way we figure out how to do that is socially acceptable. Yeah. And sometimes how we figure out how to do that is not. Yeah. And with kids, the deeper the trauma, the the more significant that it is the better chance that the way they're figuring that out is not appropriate. Yeah. Um, Whether that's anger, whether that's hurting themselves or hurting others, whether that's um, the, the, the need to eat, not eat, eat only certain things. Mm -hmm. There's just a, I mean, just a myriad of things that happen in their bodies that the way they've decided, the way that they can move, the way they can move forward is to respond in a way that's turns out is not helpful or appropriate yeah. for them. Or the way that they, if it's an ongoing thing, or maybe not even an ongoing thing, but something that they did to cope, whether it was healthy or not. Yep. And they needed to, to do that or survive in this situation or this ongoing situation. But now they take... The, they're out of that situation and they've taken that coping mechanism, that coping into adulthood, but they no longer need to do that because they're out of the situation. Um, but I'm thinking about like not having 
agency or being in a situation where you're helpless to to change something and how that actually can even add to add to the trauma is that yeah accurate to say yeah yeah they um like like a child that's being abused they don't maybe one they wouldn't have words to say this is what's happening right oftentimes maybe it's an adulthood where they they come if they were getting counseling or help they come to that um, realization, which is a really hard realization to come to. Um, but they don't, they don't have, they can't go out and, um, or, you know, they could get in trouble for speaking up. They're afraid to speak. They're, they're being blamed or, you know, if they, they might not even have words or maybe a teacher says something and now it feels like the situation got worse because yeah, somebody spoke and now they got in more trouble or something. Um, yeah. And so, uh, when, so when my son and, um, you'll hear from Jacob in another, in another podcast, so I'm not sharing anything he wouldn't share, but when he was young and very expressive with his emotions, with his life, he was very, um, he just loved being creative and, um, but he, when going to, when at school, developing relationships with other kids was hard. Mm. And um, we didn't, I, I think I heard some of it, but not having a capacity in myself to know how to handle mm. his struggle yeah. made it so that as time went on, he didn't share that. Mm. Um, and if he did it, it wasn't in a way... Um, I didn't handle that well. Yeah. To, so this, for, to put it in a short way. <laughs> so this is, tra- we would use the word traumatic. There is no abuse. Right. There is no at fault, so to speak. But yeah. he just, for whatever reason, it was harder for him to um, have relationships or make friends. Yeah, I think um, the way God created him and, and it's such a beautiful, I mean, all kids, God created each one of them beautiful and special. Um, some of them just socially um, is acceptable in the way kids relate to each other. Yeah. And some kids for just in social situations have a harder time either reading somebody else yeah. or kind of knowing how to how to respond. Um or just being interested in what other kids are interested in. Yeah. You know, that maybe they just don't have that. Yeah. But so it's, yeah, it's not even that um, there was that abuse. There was probably some, what we would now say is bullying or, sure. you know, some, or being made fun of some of that stuff. Yeah. But as a parent, um, the, the capacity I had to handle that yeah. was limited. Yeah. And so. So um, you, you, here's the self-awareness piece. Somehow you came to that awareness. Yes. That I'm limited in, in being able to handle this or manage it, what was going on in yourself or how to help well. Yeah. And so what you could offer the situation or offer to your son um, was also either limiting or. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, um, 
for him, it wasn't helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, he had more of a need to express what was going on, but because of a learned behavior, mm-hmm. he didn't. Yeah. And so he internalized it. And so because he didn't have the experience of how to do that well, you can't do that internally well without having learned how to do that externally well. Yeah. Um, and so, which that's even was part of my, what I was passing on to him. Yeah. Because I didn't do that well. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. so my, I was limiting his capacity yeah. because of my own limited capacity. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm even thinking of just a situation where maybe the child um, is is at school and, or, you know, like we live in the social media world where likes and whatever. Um, so they're like the things that, what if the thing I like or that's important to me, nobody else likes, mm-hmm. right? So they're having this like mental kind of like, will I be accepted? But they're not able to verbalize it. And so they're at, they're at school and um, it, a, a another student could make a comment or there's kind of a repeated pattern of um, being dismissed or the thing that they enjoy, nobody wants to do. Um, But they're not verbalizing it or maybe they are. Um, But then coming home and being sad now that there's a limited capacity to walk them through it, draw it out, help understand is that kind of what you're... Yeah, because so if a child's coming home and as parents, maybe we do deeply care. Yes. But yep. our our way of caring is encouraging them not to care about what other people think. Yes, which is not... And that, but the, the reality is they do care. Yes, and I care. <laughs> and so, but, I mean, we, we all do, but we're trying to tell ourselves not to care. So yeah. now we're trying to pass on kind of what we're trying yeah. to learn ourselves. And yet that's it's, not, it's, so what they're hearing from us yeah. is you don't care. Yeah. But and, I care. And do this thing that um, is, is our life experience. Like if I go to the office every day and... I have a difficult relationship um, just to be like, oh, like I don't care, but I still have to navigate yeah. being in that relationship. And I'd also say we don't see that in scripture. Right. The, we, there's nowhere in the call of scripture where it says don't care about what other people think. Yeah. Um, and really I think the purpose or function of that would be I just want you to be not affected and you would you would not be affected the way you're being affected if you didn't care about that. Yeah, and reality is God actually calls us to care about other people. Yeah. Um, and we can't care about them if we don't know what they think. Um, so there's a huge tension there because, mm-hmm. yeah, we don't want it to unduly influence mm-hmm. how we feel. But right. a, a child, um, a young adult even, yeah, has no idea how to walk that walk yeah. of that tension of, I'm going to see other people and I'm going to care about them, but I'm not going to unduly let them influence how I feel. Yeah. And they're, if they're going to school, they're going into this situation every single day. So maybe they're going to school. They don't have somebody to sit with at lunch. Yeah. Five days a week, they're experiencing who do I sit with or experiencing sitting alone or I'm, whatever it is. And we're like, well, just don't care. But we're not the ones that are experiencing being in this 
um, situation where they're they're really learning identity and value and there is a uh, a sense in which I don't think a lot of us as parents realize how brave our kids actually mm, are to wow. show up at school wow. every day with wow. the pressure that they're under yeah. to with the loneliness they feel or the ex- that feeling of being excluded or not knowing what's really going on or that sense of failure in whatever social situation. Um, we don't, I don't think we understand that how, how brave that is yeah. to show up every day wow. and um, not surprising when kids uh, complain about anxiety or yeah. stomach aches yeah. or headaches. Um, I have a feeling that school nurses are getting a lot more of that than even yeah. they used to. And I know they used to get, I, my kids and they had, they really love their elementary school. Um, my oldest is very, what my, my daughter calls pro social. So mm. very much adept at social situations. And he has fully admitted to, um, trying to get excused from the class to go to the nurse's office for whatever mm. reason, because she was the one that you could go to, to get a cracker and a little bit of um, water or juice. Yeah. She was the one that would just let you sit wow. and be for a minute to kind of wow. get your bearings back before yeah. you walk back into the, the classroom. Yeah. And, um, and so to have that, that place to be, yeah. Um, too bad it's only the nurse's office yeah. and yeah. maybe even not at all schools. I don't know all the nurses out yeah. there. I know ours was fantastic, yeah. but um, yeah. that, that I think parents need to acknowledge, especially if you know that your kids is having a rough time at school, just acknowledging yeah. and saying, I'm proud of you for showing up at school every day, yeah. even though it's hard. Yeah. So even acknowledging that it's hard. Yeah. Like this is, you're doing the hard thing. You're doing the hard thing. I'm proud of that. Um, so what, what is the line between, this is just difficult. This is life. We live in a fallen, broken world. And now, or we would say this is trauma. Cause that, that feels like what is, what is just a difficult life. And I, I'm wondering if people have a hesitation of like, we're just going to be like, everything is trauma. Everything yeah. is trauma. Um, which I think is a valid concern. We don't. Yeah. We we want to use language responsibly. Um, yeah, we don't want to minimize what people have gone through. Right. That is truly traumatic. Yeah, yeah. So we, so in not wanting everything to be mislabeled or saying something as trauma, but then not also wanting to minimize like, hey, this was, this was hard. What what hesitations have you heard from people about m- trauma language? Using using the word trauma or just um, what we often get um, because I do do um, training, and what we often get from parents is they um, they feel like we're giving license to bad mm-hmm. behavior. Yeah, um, and what we're what we try to impress. Um, in our training is not license for bad behavior, but finding a better time to address that behavior. Yeah. So we're not, when the behaviors happen, we're not taking that moment 
to correct it. Yeah. Um, because they're not in a place to hear that and yeah. it, they may feel even more shame or, or um, self-recrimination yeah. or acting badly, just as I would if I was yeah. having a full-on tantrum yeah. at some business um, and someone came over and started yelling at me for my bad yeah. behavior. Um, the time to uh, talk about that is later when they have they have yeah. calmed down and they're in a better mindset and saying hey that um that the way you reacted wasn't appropriate yeah. can can we talk about where that came yeah. from or where what so we can do next time in the moment to maybe even we can say de-escalate is to be like wow i can see you're really ups-. like i'm even thinking about adults like i can see you're really upset right now you this happened and you're not feeling um, can we, um, what can, yeah, can we talk about it? Like the validating, um, where then later on, after there's been processing and calm down and they're feeling heard and validated and, and, um, now we can talk about, you know, the next time something like this happens, you know, that, that wasn't helpful or appropriate, whatever that conversation. So we're not saying that that conversation doesn't happen. We're saying right. the, the way, the timing, the order matters. It does matter. And our recognizing that that our kids are learning. Yeah. And so they're gonna they're gonna learn something and they, they're gonna do it well one day and then they're yeah. not gonna do it well. And sometimes what what um, causes them to um, overreact or act inappropriately and we're standing there going, but all it was was they didn't get the right color cup. Right. right. Like they didn't get the right sippy cup or they didn't get mm-hmm. the right, um, that game on the computer didn't load properly, yeah. or, you know, and we're just like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And so allowing, um, we're not saying that that is appropriate behavior. Right. It's not. That's right. what we're saying is not right. appropriate behavior. What we're saying is in that moment is validating that, that situation is frustrating yeah and um and sitting with them and waiting and depending on the child and their capacity depends on how long you wait um to talk about it but then following that up with um there's probably more than just now age appropriate right someone who's complaining about the wrong color sippy cup Right. Um, that's, you're going to have a different conversation than yeah. the kid who can't, his game doesn't load, yeah. but you can say, Hey, how was the rest of the day? Yeah. How, what happened at school? Yeah. There could be something else that happened and that happens with adults. I've had a bad day. Something over here happened, but now I'm expressing it, expressing it over here. So the, the reaction to maybe not finding my keys feels dramatic or inappropriate to it's no big deal. But yeah, starting at nine o'clock, this, 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 and and we've we've reached the capacity. So um, I'm I'm actually kind of thinking that there's parents that might be listening that are like, okay, this just um, well, one maybe the hesitancy is to say if we call it trauma, cause, and we're not saying everything is is trauma. So there's kind of a, a mixed conversation going on here. Yep. Um, but one, then are you saying it's it's my fault? Um. Or that I have to change and they don't. Or um, 
or feeling like what what the trauma conversation has to offer isn't for me because there was I nothing traumatic happened. There wasn't any major major event. Um, I I don't and know. What, I would say that the way you go about de-escalating um, someone with deep trauma is the same process as someone who didn't have any trauma at all. It's just good mentoring yes. emotions. Yeah. Good mentoring yeah. mental health. Yeah. It just may not take as long. Yeah. If um, the tantrum or the de-escalation may not take as long. Yeah. Um, and someone who's had some really deep trauma, yeah. that may be hours, whereas yeah. 15 minutes tantrum, yeah. you know, yeah. or whatever that looks like. And we're all, because we're all wired differently, we're yeah. all going to react differently. You're going to have one kid mm-hmm. who um, is just always aware of everybody's emotions. And so they they actually um, are more triggered by other people's emotions yeah. and can sense other people's emotions and they struggle with that. And some kid who has no idea Yes. Anybody's emotions, if they even have emotions, and yeah. they're just kind of what we call the absent minded professor. They're just kind of yeah. out doing their own little thing and yep. don't seem, and I'm going to use the word seem affected. Yeah. I think they are affected. They just don't understand it. And so sitting with both of those different kinds of children talking yes. about emotions is healthy. Right. Um, because the, the child who is seems distant needs to be brought close so they can yeah. understand themselves and others. And yeah. the child who is solely concerned about others needs to understand that they're not responsible for everybody's emotions, which they tend to feel. Um, And so both of those need that mentoring, um, whether they've come from some sort of traumatic background or traumatic event or not. Yeah. So even if there's not a major evidence of any sort of trauma, big T or little T, um, but there's a family who, is having a child with just behavioral issues for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, and, or maybe there's just anxiety or they're having trouble transitioning or um, they just, you know, maybe they're, I don't know, fourth, fifth, sixth grade and, and they still want to be close to, to mom or dad and don't want to, you know, so whatever, maybe we, we don't know if there's been trauma or not. This conversation is still helpful and necessary for those parents, because it's going to help inform the way that they help the child. Yes. Yeah. And some, for some people, mentoring just comes naturally and they, they can look at, um, and this, this conversation might be very encouraging for them because they're like, oh, this is something that we just naturally do. I don't know where it comes from. Yeah. But it comes from, it was probably modeled to you yeah. and therefore you can pass it on. Yeah. Um, And for people who don't know what that looks like, getting, um, going to some sort of class, even if you don't think there was trauma, going to some sort of class um, that is trauma-informed is more of just about how can I look at this situation differently? Yeah. Look at my child in a way that brings more compassion. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'm going to allow... um, it um, that not allow uh, doesn't mean I'm going to say that that was appropriate the way they they, yeah. they reacted. But how can I look at it differently? Give grace where it's appropriate, but mentor them in that 
emotional capacity and yeah. mental health yeah. is really good training for parents and gives you a community of people who are all saying the same thing of, yeah, I need help. I, I need more tools. I need yeah. a script even. Yeah. I need, what do I say in this particular yeah. moment? As, as you're talking, I'm even thinking about, so like there's a, a trauma-informed class, right, that, that you teach. And we think yep. normally we'd be like, oh, that doesn't apply to me. Um, there's nothing been like, I'm just trying to navigate whatever with my child. Um, but it would still be helpful um, because it's going to give different, a, a different approach, a broader lens, help to understand where uh, compassion, grace, and how that functionally plays out. Like yeah. it's not this nebulous, have compassion. Um, but I think it also would be helpful as adults, as you're talking to a coworker or a neighbor, and you're going to maybe pick up on, on things that they say where you're like, oh, we might ask a question differently. Yeah. And so I sometimes I think this conversation feels like so narrowed to um, a child was in a car accident or there was a death or there was a divorce where it's it's so much more helpful and broad than that. It feels like we can label it. Yeah. And, and if you have a label for it, then go take this class. Yeah. When, yeah, it's relationships in general. Yeah. Um, I actually learned so much about myself. Yes. Yeah. But it also allowed me to not take, um, not be, um, not either dismiss or take on, Yeah. like if someone else is angry at me or if I see someone else that's angry or I have a bad experience at a store, but I can see someone and I have a different lens of, wow, they, they probably had a bad day. Yeah. It's not about me. Chances are yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and if they're mad at me, what, ha- you know, maybe I did something, you know, like there's just a different way I can look at it yeah. um, instead of dismissing it yeah. or being mad myself because yeah. someone else is, and it's like, why am I mad about, uh, yeah. when that has nothing to do with me, you know? Yeah. And we all kind of can sometimes jump in one camp or the other, depending on kind of who we are and our makeup. Yeah. But it really does then give you this kind of way of seeing people, seeing the need behind the behavior. Yeah. And not saying, oh, I'm just going to, that was right. Because sometimes you do have to address, even in a public situation, if you're at a, you know, at a restaurant and they've just destroyed the meal that you ordered, there are there are people, and I would be probably more one of them. It's just not going to say anything yeah. because I don't want to ruffle feathers. Yeah. I, and I have dismissed my own need yeah. to, to get what I ordered correctly. Yeah. There's that conversation we had previously about speaking about the need. Like being there's me. a time where I can speak up and say, this isn't, Yeah. can I do it even as an adult in a gracious, honoring, dignifying way? Yes. Or am I going to be rude and shaming? to the server yeah but I like what you said about can we see the need behind the behavior and so often we will with our children um focus on the behavior yes the the tantrum this is bad or you can't do this or go to your room or whatever um instead of but that's hard that takes more time yeah it's uncomfortable we all do it we all have a easier way of doing it if we're at Disneyland yeah because we all know that that's 
super crazy day. Yeah. So we all kind of yep. anticipate or Christmas day, right? Yeah. They, we all kind of know that there's going to be a meltdown later. Yeah. And so there, there may be a little bit more of a, that's just kid being a, a kid. They were overstimulated, yeah. Yeah. but on a, just a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And every kid has a different capacity yeah. for that craziness. Um, we have a lot less patience yeah. and recognize they're, they're still learning and it takes a lot of repetitions. Yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot of repetitions yeah. to learn how to behave appropriately. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we think, all had that experience already. Yeah. So yeah. we have a better idea of what that yeah. means. And we still aren't very good yeah. at it sometimes. Well, and I think behaving appropriately, like it goes back to being like the ability and walking our children through being able to identify what they're feeling, um, feeling it and being like, wow, that you have a pit in your stomach or you're crying or your body is all, you know, like even be able, being able to identify physically what's going on in their body, experiencing the emotional pain or the disappointment and now going, so it, it really goes even a step further than, than organically or naturally the behavior will change because they're being given the uh, space, the space. Yeah. And it's being validated. And I kind of want to talk about the idea of um, if we don't condemn something, a behavior, it. I think there's a fear that we think we're condoning it. Oh, sure. And so we want to make sure that um, our child knows that this is bad or not acceptable. Um, otherwise, they might think we're condoning it. Yeah. Whatever that is, whatever behavior or... And I, which is, um, I, and I totally get that. I, yeah. I'm, I'm right there with that. They just need to know that that's wrong. If you know what's wrong, then you'll then stop you'll, doing it. Yes, you'll, you'll stop, stop doing, doing it. it. And, um, but I can tell you, I taught preschool. I taught two and three-year-olds uh, before I had kids. And if I had given them two scenarios, multiple different things and said, which one is good, which one's bad or which one's kind and which one's unkind, they would have all gotten a hundred percent. Kids know yeah. what's bad and what's yeah. good, what's kind and what's not kind. Yeah. They could even tell if you just said, you know, this person is, um, doesn't have enough food. What would be the kind or what would be unkind? Yeah. They would be able to give you those solutions. Yeah. I'm, I'm even thinking about me as an adult. Like I always try to go back to like, okay, like me, like, um, not getting, I think I sh- last time I shared a story about being in, in Starbucks and not getting the coffee I wanted when I wanted it. And, yeah. and I know that I was being rude. Yeah. Like, so if somebody came and told me, like, I, kn- I already knew that. I knew what the kind thing was to sure. do. And so if somebody was like, I need you to know this is, that was not okay. In that moment, it wouldn't, it would probably make things worse for me. Like how often, I don't know. And what we're asking kids is not so, what we, what we want them to know, and I think is not so much what's the right thing and the wrong thing, because we generally have a sense yeah. of that already. Yeah. What we want them to do is not act yeah. on the their, that, that yeah. desire in that moment. Yes. That impulse, yes. the sin, mm-hmm that is already in us because, um, you know, with two-year-olds are great at acting on impulse. Yeah. And what we're trying to train them 
is to not act on impulse, to, to, to stop, to consider, yeah. and then to make the right choice. Yeah. And that is the process. And it's a lifelong yes. process. Even I just keep thinking about myself. This is, <laughs> I'm preaching, you're preaching to me, right? Like to it, myself, like. We're, we do that to ourselves even. Yeah. And like, we can't correct our mistakes in our kids. Yeah. And this makes me be, like, I'm so thankful for Jesus. Oh, because, yes. Because, uh, my need for Jesus, you just experienced. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everybody sees my need for Jesus and and um, forgiveness. And so even even implementing the, like, are we living lives of confession and forgiveness and repentance um, and how, how that comes into play? But if we're not doing it and we're wanting our, our kids to, because sometimes we can get so focused on, we just want them to to behave, be better. Yeah. To, just to be better. Um, and we miss the relational part and being like, oh, you need Jesus. And if they, um, if they want to experience Jesus relationally, they have to know what it is to experience relationally. Wow. So as a yeah. parent. That's so good. I need to be relational. They need to experience me relationally. Yeah. So that when Jesus comes, gets a hold of their heart. Yeah. They know what it is to experience relationally. Yeah. And so they know that Jesus is near because I was near. Yeah. That's how they get that view. Yeah. And we are a very imperfect view. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. But when Jesus grabs a hold of their heart, they will learn to experience that Jesus doesn't fail them like I fail. Yeah. Um, But that's his role in their life. My role is just to be... Um, what God called me to be to the best yeah. that I can be in yeah. that in that moment, and we're we're image bearers, yeah, like, like that means something. We're we're marred, broken image bearers, but we're image bearers being made more and more and more and more into the image of Christ. And one day when we see Him, we'll be fully like Him. Um, but as as He is sanctifying us, we're becoming more and more like Him, and that would play out relationally, right? So if my kid my child comes to me and they're anxious about something and their stomach hurts. Yeah. They're whatever it is that they're anxious about. Um, if I can sit with them and talk about what that feels like and to say, wow, that must be really difficult. I'm sorry. Your stomach hurts. Um, what are you worried about? Talk through, not solution, right. talk through what they're worried about. Talk through the scenarios of what would happen if it yeah. didn't go well, what happens if it goes well, mm-hmm. kind of even both sides of that. Talk through that, sit with them. Um, and ex- so they're experiencing me relationally. I'm not yeah. shaming them for being yeah. anxious. I'm just getting information about yeah. what that feels like, and what that looks like and how they're experiencing it. Yeah. They're experiencing um, nearness. Yes. Withness. You are with me. You are near. And I think about uh, scripture, how it says, be anxious for nothing. Philippians 4, 6, be, in, be anxious for nothing. But Philippians 4, 5, the Lord is near. Yeah. And one way he's near is through other image bearers. And the Spirit's in you, the Spirit's in me. And, um, right, and so that's that playing out. And there's there's a sense in which it says, do not be anxious for anything. Yeah. However, 
just by having to say not to be anxious means that we're going to be anxious. Yeah, yeah he's, he's acknowledging we, that and that's an experience. It's a, that's an experience. <laughs> and so it's something that's learned over time. Yeah. Um, you're not going to learn that there's food on the table every night right. until there's food on the table every night. Yeah. And if there wasn't food on the table every night um, in the past, yeah, there's no... Um, that's, that actually is a lifetime effect actually, um, of, of trauma is that some, there's some things that you don't get over. You just have to stop yourself say, but I have enough now. Yeah. And so we kind of have to do that in, in our spiritual lives is when we didn't have, um, an experience of God. Yeah. Um, and then God comes into our life and we have these experiences yeah. We can look back at those experiences and say, he provided. Yeah. He was there. And so I'm going to trust that he's going yeah. to be there in the future. Yeah. And I maybe didn't see him. And I, I'm thinking oftentimes what happens is we will call other, expect of others or children to obey God before they even know God. Yes. And, um, and then what that implicitly communicates to other people or to our children is that, us and God only care about behavior, but we're maybe verbally saying God loves you no matter what, but functionally that's not what that's not. We're, we're communicating two different messages simultaneously, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so do they, is the call for obedience or to live a certain way based on relationship with God and his, he is good. He will never leave you or forsake you, but I was in foster care and you know, or my parents got divorced or, um, like I, what I had an experience. I haven't experienced faithfulness. Yeah. I haven't experienced it. I haven't experienced patience or I haven't, and we're all faulty. So it's like, we're not sitting here saying parents need to be perfect. Right. Um, in fact, one of the things I love about the way God made our brain is that he put in the way we, um, our brain processes is if something is done wrong. So like if you, if I, if I'm angry at you and then I come back to you and I apologize yeah, and I kind of redo that interaction with you and I rectify that interaction with you, our relationship is now actually stronger yes. yeah. than if I hadn't, we had never had that break I, in the beginning. I love. And I love that the way that's the way God made yeah, us. I love this. knowing that we were going to fail because I. <laughs> I okay. I want to camp here for a minute. <laughs> well, I have two thoughts that I don't want to forget. But kind of what you're saying is like, let's say we do something wrong, trust is broken, but you come and you say, "Hey, Vicky, I'm sorry that I said or did this. You know, will you forgive me?" Oftentimes. Sometimes we don't even do that. I don't think that that's actually a, something that we're always characterized by. Right. But but then we'll stop there. But what are you saying is like actually like doing it right. Me- meaning not that you can necessarily redo the moment, but you'd say, you know, what I would do differently is I wish I would have um, come and talked to you about this and now I yeah. want to talk to you about this. Or so, so you're actually like doing the right thing. Yeah. You're not just stopping it hey, that was wrong. Will you forgive me? Yeah. It's, it's, that's. So I, if I had, um, 
because Sunday mornings, I mean, the devil just loves Sunday mornings. I just remember as a, even a kid, the, the only days I cried out of the week were Sunday mornings <laughs> <laughs> on the way to church. Um, but let's say I'm yelling at my kid to get his shoes on because we got to get to church. Right? We're going to church. Get in the car. Get in the car. Um, where are your shoes? Why don't you have your shoes? And then you show up at church. Hi, oh, good come, morning. Exactly. So you only have you. one shoe. So let's say I completely lost it about the shoes. Um and it doesn't matter if it was five minutes later or after church and I come to my child and I'm, you know, it wasn't right for mommy to yell at you about your shoes. I am so sorry that I hurt you mm. um, about the shoes. Can we redo that? Mm. Wow. Um, so you're going to go back to the same, if you can, go back to the same spot that it happened and, um, and you know, depending on the age of the child and, you know, what you're comfortable with, you know, even just kind of going back into it and saying, hey, we're getting ready for church. Do you think you could go find your shoes? Or can I wow. help you find your shoes? Wow. You know, and just redoing that interaction. That's, um, it's so helpful. It is so, here's the thing is that it, um, it takes time. Yes. And it can feel maybe a silly. little bit silly or cheesy, mm -hmm. but what you're actually doing is imprinting for both people. For both the child um, and for the adult. New, like we're, we're actually going to pathways, the pathways, new the pathways. way the brain we're, processes information. We're actually going to redo this and do it, do it well. And it's going to stick. So the next time that Sunday morning rolls around and the shoes there's more likely of a chance to be like, oh, remember, even verbally saying, remember we practiced how to do this. Right. Yeah. Um, because you've, you've actually done it. Um, this takes humility, awareness, time, intentionality. Yes, it, it <laughs> does. And when you've got multiple kids, it can seem so overwhelming. Yeah. But we also, one of the things we also talk about is like you choose your crazy. Yeah. Because that Sunday morning, yelling was yeah. crazy but not in a good way yeah right like that was traumatic in a sense because especially yeah. young children that sunday mornings are now associated with with chaos and tents and get your yeah. shoes and, and who yeah. wants to think that jesus is all loving and yeah um is for me when yeah. <laughs> i've just had this experience and so but when we come back and redo it and we're modeling humility and um, love and care yeah. for the fact that we hurt and we want to rectify, then, um, then going forward, it's uh -huh. actually a stronger, cause like yeah. you said, you can kind of remember how awful that Sunday was. Yeah. Let's not have that again. Yeah. And you're making an intentional choice. Like I love this. I actually have never heard this before. Like I've even, you know, helped or counseled myself and others through being like, not, um, acknowledging that they were hurt and verbally saying like, yeah, next time I would do this differently, but actually taking the time to be like, this might feel cheesy, but can we actually replay? And like, so it is imprinted and we, we know that we can do it because we're redoing it. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's so helpful for them to go through those motions of yeah. doing it. And even because now it's fun. Yeah. Uh, it's now they're obeying. Yeah. In a fun way. Yeah. And they're getting practice. Everybody's getting practice. And it's at a time when it's, when, when it's, uh, we call it active learning. Yeah. It's they're they're not too tired to remember, but they're not too yeah. overstimulated. And, and it's not in the moment. 
And it's not it's, in the heat of the moment. It's like afterwards, everybody's kind of calmed down. Maybe we had lunch. Um, you know, it's it's not in the moment. Yeah. I love that. I want to go back a little bit to the anxiety when we were talking about being anxious. So um, I've heard people say just in general, like, oh, um, you know, if their child is anxious, like um, they they need to trust God. Like if they would just, just trust God or they need to, um, you know, I just tell them like they just need to depend on God. So they're trying to navigate helping their child with anxiety. Mm-hmm. And we would say, yes, um, dependence on the Lord is, is in there. But it feels very uh, nebulous. And I know our conversation was like trauma and <laughs> we've kind of morphed, but um, yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on. Anxiety is so traumatic because, especially if it's ongoing. Yeah. Yep. Because there's often not a pinpoint of like why. Their body is having an, an experience. experience. And it's an awful experience yeah. that they don't know what to do with or where to go with Pit it. in the stomach, heart palpitating. So it, and if it's happening over extended of time, there is actual trauma that's, um, and, yeah. and again, sometimes I feel like we might be tempted to be like, who or what is that fault? And sometimes that's helpful and necessary, but sometimes it's like, okay, but this is what's happening. And sometimes we don't, um, you know, there's obviously a line and I'm not qualified. That's, you know, doctors are qualified to know where that the line is between that's just, um, part of their experience and they may or may not grow out of it sure. or medication. And yeah. we don't, yeah. we don't um, know that, but the experience is so awful. Mm-hmm. So giving them an answer of trust God when they may not be at the point where they can, uh, they may, God has may not have taken hold of their heart yet. And so yeah. to trust someone they don't know, or don't have enough experience of is, um, is not helpful. Yeah. They need to experience him. And the way kids experience God is through their caregivers, their parents and, or grandparents. If they, if, if parents aren't believers and there are grandparents that are believers and they, they they can be wonderful models of what it means to be a follower. And so that's how they experience the closeness of of God, the nearness, the faithfulness. And again, it's, it's, we're a vessel in his hand. We're a tool in his hand. We are image bearers. And so, um, I, I can hear people being like, I don't want them to trust me. I want to, you know, I want them to trust God, but we are a part of what God does in, yes. in that process. It starts with us. Yeah. And so to say, well, like you need to go do this thing over here. Um, and, and even almost being like, just because somebody's experiencing anxiety, we don't want to just say, how did we come to the conclusion that they're not trusting God? And, yeah. and is that a blanket statement? And how do we walk with them and being like, wow, like, um, you're feeling really anxious. Something that you love or values is at risk. Let's yeah. like, like, what is it? Oh, it's your well-being. I care about your well-being. And now let's go to a God who hears. God hears us so we can say, God, help. Yeah. So I'm experiencing anxiety and I'm also um, facilitating engagement with the one who does help and who is near. Um, yeah, because I'm not saying, you know, if I'm going to sit with my, my child, I'm not saying... I'm your solution. Right. Yep. In fact, I can't be. Yeah. 
I, there's, I have no capacity in me to remove their anxiety. Right. Yeah. I can only be yeah. with them yeah. and be with them in it. Yeah. And in a sense, um, because of the way God created um, attachment, is I can be a source of regulation yes. while they're learning how to regulate themselves. Yeah. And yeah. so there is going to be a sense when that's why kids want to hug from mom. Yeah. That's why they want to sit next to mom, yeah. be on mom, because we are their source of regulation. Yeah. So this is a little bit even different because we might be like, the problem is the child is anxious. The solution is we need to help them not be anxious, which, yes, we do want to help them not be anxious. But to be like there's another process going on, which is um, them experiencing the nearness of God in the midst of their anxiety through an image bearer, which I get he, by his grace. He um, has for the lets us be a part of. And scripture says there's good works that he's planned for us to do. Yeah. Which might be sitting with our child and, and being like, this is hard and you're scared and I'm with you and I care. Yeah. And I care about your experience right now. And. And we're going to take it to the Lord in prayer. Yeah. And we're going to pour out our heart to him in prayer. Yeah. And we're not going to just say, Lord, help me not be anxious. Yeah. We're going to say, Lord, this is hard. Yeah. I am suffering. I, this is how I feel. This is my experience. And it's really hard. And I need you. Yeah. And we need you to be present. And thank you for the, you know, um, the things that, maybe he's done in the past or we've seen how he's, you know, cause as, um, that's the other thing that when, when we pray, um, and God answers is following up yeah. with, do you remember the last time we sat here and we prayed and then you went to school and you came home and you had a really good wow. day, mm-hmm. you know, God really answered that prayer yeah, and giving credit to God. Yeah. Um, gives them that track record of God's yeah. faithfulness yeah. in their life. And they may not know God yet, yeah. but we're we're constantly bringing God into that, yeah. like, look how faithful he is. Yeah. And walking them through, like, when we say we want to trust in God, that feels nebulous. And yeah. the, impl- the, the, the implied message might mean, could be trust equals not being affected. Which, right. which isn't true. Which isn't true. In yes. the midst of being affected, because we look at all Jesus' experience, all the range of emotions, and that's part of his humanity, and it's part of our humanity. Um, and so being like, trust looks like, let's. I believe he hears, so I'm going to pray. I believe that he speaks, so I'm going to listen. I believe his word is living and active, and so there's something in there that's relevant now. Yes. Um. That, that he he does help and um and that he says we're physically embodied souls and and sold bodies and so let's breathe let's yeah. let's yeah. regulate and calm our bodies down and take slow breaths and I think even sometimes like that we can dismiss something like well if I'm trusting God I wouldn't need to do the, to do that yeah God is like I've made you a physical body and I breathe the life <laughs> breath in you so let's slow our breathing down. And um, our daughter, she was having a panic attack really just not even a week ago. And one thing Matt did with her was um, he he held her really tight, and he just was breathing really slow, and he was like, let's just take deep breaths. And she fell asleep. Uh And, um, you know, it was just that 
there's nothing she was going to be able to talk through. <laughs> yeah. And and telling her that to trust God, you know, like, but it was this, like, daddy holding her tightly and putting his face on her and breathing and being, let's just take deep breaths. Yeah. Um. And so when she gets to be, uh, when she's older and she's on her own and dad's not there. Yeah. And when she comes to something that's really hard and she prays to the Lord, she is going to be more capable of feeling that's how God relates to her because of her experience. Yeah. And so that is part of what we want to be in, again, in that imperfect way, but to the best of our ability to be that um, love and near and care for our kids so that they, when they, when God takes a hold of their heart and they're not under our care anymore, yeah. they have that, they know what that experience looks like. Yeah. They know what, that it's okay um, to keep trusting God even when we don't see or feel. And we go yeah. through those spiritually desert seasons. Yeah. We have that faithfulness of God to look back to and we have this experience of being in those places and someone physically being near yeah. that carries us in those moments. Yeah. Um, is there any last thoughts about or comments about trauma? I know our conversation kind of went, maybe it, it might leave people a little bit more confused. I don't know. And, <laughs> and actually to be like that, like that's okay because it's an ongoing conversation. Um, and uh, Yeah. I think so. just more of an encouragement that um, we're all in process. Yeah. Um, and I don't want parents to, well, now I'm a failure because I haven't been doing what you've been talking about. Right. And I, well, I'm going to tell you, I didn't do that either right. until just the last couple of years. And my <laughs> kids are all like getting ready to leave the house. Yeah. But because we've now started doing those things, the relationship I have with each one of my kids is better just in the last couple of years. And so that kind of, it's never too late to lean in to having those kind of relationships with our kids, um, no matter what age they are. But if our conversations have felt a little disjointed, maybe, (laughs) and kind of all over the map, um, I would say find... um, um, ask the church about, you know, when the next kind of the trainings are yeah, and just take a, a step, um, and sign up for one and, um, hear what they have to say. And it definitely puts it more in a, in a, obviously a kind of a logical way of presenting the material yeah. that may seem to make more sense. Um, and, and just, Take a step. Take yeah. one step into um, finding what God would have to tell you um, and how to grow as a parent. Yeah. And one thing I'm thinking is most likely the first step is I'm going to be become more self-aware. Mm-hmm. And am I doing the things, and I don't want to assume that I am, am I doing the things um, that I'm asking or expecting my child to do? And um, if there is a tension 
why is this a tension for me? You know, I'm even thinking about the tension of um, if I don't condemn it, am I condoning it? Yeah. And really, functionally, what, what that is saying is that I think change is dependent on them knowing something. And is that really knowing that this is wrong? And is that really how God changes people? And am I trusting God um, functionally if if that's the way I'm appro- yes. <laughs> approaching it? And and why am I, why is there tension if I allow um, space for people to be affected? And, and what if I, what if I do enable, what if I am enabling? And I don't know all, it, it starts with that, that, yeah, the curiosity of why does that irritate me? Yeah. Or why does that upset me so? Yeah, what's what's going on in me and my heart? Mm-hmm. And um, this has been fun. Yes. I I feel like we could talk for, for hours. We could. Which we, could which we have, on. actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you so much, Darcy. Oh, and, you're welcome. It's um, been fun. Yes. And so until next time. Until next time. All right.